0: beautiful people and welcome to the Watchlist Burn book. Hey. We've got a super different episode for you guys today. Um we are covering the Golden Globes. And instead of covering like one movie and then having a discussion about said movie, we have decided to put together a list of some of the nominees that we had been dying to watch. And we're going to talk about all of those today, as well as the Golden Globes as a whole and the Hollywood Foreign Press and all of its interesting glory. <laughs> um, so on our list today, we have Nomad Land, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, The Sound of Metal, Over the Moon, Judas and the Black Messiah, The United States versus Billie Holiday, and Normal People. And... Um, Also, which is a little different from what we usually do, instead of putting together a rough outline of stuff that we want to cover in the episode, we are going to just hop right in and have no plan. (laughs) We're going rogue. We're going off the rails. We are just going to hold an open discussion so we can cover everything we want to cover and do it as organically as we possibly can. So, um, I don't know if there's somewhere where you want to start, but if you don't have anything we could cover, which was your favorite and least favorite of our list that we had to watch?
1: Ooh, okay. Oh, gosh. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: That's hard. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Okay, my favorite, I'm gonna say, oh, shit. Um, I- I'm gonna say The Sound of Metal. Um ah it actually like it really, really yeah, it really really got me. I was really into that. Um and then my least favorite oh gosh. I would say the Billy Holiday movie just because it was too long. It was really long. Yeah, it was almost two and a
0: half hours, right?
1: Yeah, it yeah. was. I think it
0: was two and a half hours. Oof, which <laughs> you you felt it. You could you could feel those two and a half hours. Some of it really dragged, and there were like other parts of it that the pacing was actually really good. But I feel like definitely like in the beginning there was a lot of exposition. So much so that when, like when she first went into prison, it felt like the movie was supposed to end. You know? Yeah, which I yeah. think is really weird. <laughs>
1: yeah I agree it felt like it was like dissected into like it could have well it could have been dissected into a bunch of smaller movies Mm -hmm. um like mini films like shorts or like you know shots in Billie Holiday's life instead of like a. I guess, like, a more continuous biopic, biopic, however you pronounce that, you know, <laughs> you know that I feel like that, that that they were going for. Yeah, it felt disjointed in a way, even though it was, like, trying to be pretty linear.
0: It really, you're right, it really should have been a limited series. I feel like it should have been an HBO limited series, and I feel like it should not have been given to Lee Daniels. Yeah, an
1: HBO series probably would have been really good, and uh-huh. given it, like, the chance, I agree agree. Stop giving thanks to Lee Daniels. Um, But <laughs> it like I yeah, it could have been a chance for them to explore her story a lot more in depth than they did because I think that they like they not even I think it, it's sure like they they picked in and, and chose very specific parts of her life to highlight which is is good like there were things about her that I learned in that movie that I did not know so yeah. I appreciated that but at the same time I feel like they shorted other moments you and I talked in our meeting before this about like that moment where it's the flashback to her childhood and it was just really weird like it one, her child self came out of nowhere because they were literally like getting high in another room. And then, <laughs> oh, yeah, that <laughs> Travante was roads, like walks away. <laughs> <laughs> and then child Billy Holiday shows up and it's like a flashback scene and it was just yeah it was weird it like it felt like the movie kept trying to bend like the rigid reality that it was set in and like try yeah. to like lean into like art like not necessarily like art house but like a lot more artsy like freer, in terms of how we I- interpret or envision reality. And I was like, okay, but that, that's not the vibe <laughs> that she started
0: with. So I'm confused. That is so true. And that's honestly what really bugged me about it. Because I feel like if, this is this might be a little weird, but if I feel like if there had been a limited series, we would have been able to have different directors in there. Probably mm. like female directors or just specifically not Lee Daniels. Um, and that way we actually could have had a Billie Holiday that was more human and not so enigmatic. Cause mm-hmm. like, don't get me wrong, Andrea Day was absolutely fantastic and she absolutely deserved her win. But it still it didn't feel like a movie about Billie Holiday. It felt like a movie about literally everything else. And then Billie Holiday just happened to be there. <laughs> Which, like, if you're going to brand this as a story, like, as a biopic about Billie Holiday and then everything she went through specifically at the hands of the government, you, you should focus more on Billie Holiday as a human being. And I feel like the way the movie was made, it, when I, when I think about biopics, I always think about if the person in the biopic would have actually approved of the way they were presented in there or not. And I feel like this is one of those cases where Billie Holiday wouldn't have liked it.
1: Yeah cuz I feel like it defeated in in a way like it defeated kind of the whole purpose of why she why she did a lot of the stuff that she did and yeah. just like who at least in her music cuz like we cannot like infer you know like mm-hmm. what type of person she was but at least from the way that she comes across like in her music and from like interviews that she's had she really was the type of person who was so resistant to that like that label of icon and like star that people tried to put on her um because she she was like you know this I didn't get into this because of like fame or you know money like I'm doing this because I'm I'm speaking from my heart um and like this shit is like actual pain that I'm living through that I'm just deciding to share <laughs> with with the rest of y'all but it's not like I'm not doing this to become like who she became basically Mm -hmm. um and yeah I don't know I feel like I agree I think that sometimes they got a little into the whole presentation of who everybody thought Billie Holiday was instead of just like letting it be a movie where it's about her
0: see all of you saying all of that made me think made me wonder what book it was based on because biopics tend to be based on like a a specific autobiography or a biography of people. And I Googled it and it's based on a book about the war on drugs. Yeah, it's not even about her. Yeah, which I think is a choice. I don't understand why that would be your go-to to base a biopic about Billie Holiday when there are like a myriad of other materials you could pull from to actually create a piece about Billie Holiday and not about everybody else that impacted her.
1: Yeah, exactly. Because it it basically is doing in in like a weird way that's not like intentional it's basically doing the same thing that the government was doing in like highlighting her as an addict first and not a human (laughs) yeah (laughs) um and while it is definitely important to actually talk about addiction and not treat it as like oh my god a taboo we cannot talk about the fact that people do drugs like no it 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 is a reality, and she was honest about the fact that she was an addict. But like that was not all that she was. That is not all that people who are addicts are. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think that like a lot of times, this movie really towed that line with becoming too much about. Well, the, the same way that I felt about *Queens Gambit*. Actually, we talked about that. Yeah, um, where when you use like addiction as a plot device, it it can sometimes just get too like too into just your stance on drugs and addiction and not the
0: story yeah (laughs) in the people absolutely and that is exactly (sighs) that is like one of the reasons why i was like super disappointed in this movie and like what's weird is like not only is she just portrayed as an addict but she's like also so hypersexualized through the whole thing mm-hmm. that it there i i couldn't even enjoy the movie without just getting completely disconnected and like turned off by the way that she was getting presented in that and it's weird because the movie spent literally so much time focusing on her history of abuse and all of her relationships And how she was stuck in that cycle, but it wasn't done in a productive way, if you can even do that in a productive way. It just, it sexualized every bit of that, which was completely unnecessary. And that is probably one of the biggest reasons why I was so disappointed in this movie. It
1: diminished her sexuality to she goes after abusive men because she's been abused her whole life and that's all she knows and she can't feel safe in anything that shows her any type of compassion whether it's a friendship or a romantic relationship because she's just that damaged okay done mm-hmm. and it's like Ugh, right no right <laughs> and they just like also just brushed aside her bisexuality and we're like yeah mm, whatever <laughs>
0: I was like oh god no she oh yeah (laughs) yeah and like that's such a bold claim to make when you aren't gonna spend time on her on her childhood you know so like if you're gonna if you're gonna as a as a I guess a player or a screenwriter and as a director, if you're going to like make her trauma such a major point of the plot and you're not going to, you know, discuss (laughs) where that came from and you're just going to like hype it up. I don't know. It's just, it's, it's weird. There are so many pieces of this movie that just, were not well thought out and others that were actually extremely well thought out so it 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 really didn't look like they were putting their effort in like the right areas to shift gears why'd you like the sound of metal why is it your favorite
1: oh my god i i just think that it was I I I think that it's really important to just like I don't know see and and just like absorb media about people who are disabled and have people in the movies constantly remind the viewer who probably is usually someone who is able that you know disabilities are not things that you fix mm-hmm. P- and and people. Who have anything that you deem as like wrong with them you know like that is your problem and your fault um which is not to say that like I watched this movie needing to be taught that like deaf people are people that's not what I'm saying but like I just I think that a movie like this that was obviously done with just Actual care um, and Mm -hmm. attention and tried very, 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 very hard to not be ableist, um, Mm -hmm. I think was just really, really great. I don't know. It also just had a really good story. And I don't know if that was just me being like, wow, some part of me really identifies with you, Ruben, and I don't know what it is exactly, but I don't know if it was that. But I think Riz Ahmed did an amazing job. Oh, yeah. Um, I think the film was just written beautifully. I liked just, I mean, I loved everybody in the film. (laughs) I think it was just full of just a really good cast of people. Um, Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I appreciate when movies that are made, you know, like without I don't want to say without consideration for people who but basically like this movie was made without consideration for people who can hear um because it's not about Mm, that mm -hmm. (laughs) you know so it didn't matter like if I didn't like well I don't know what they're saying all the time because Mm -hmm. I can't speak sign language because it's not the point and it was just great to I don't know see so many deaf people who were able to work yeah um, because they people just think like you know if you aren't like 100% 100% able-bodied that you can't do art or theater or act or perform and it's bullshit like so yeah I don't know I just this was just a really great movie to me and I thought that it was awesome that um, this project meant a lot to Riz Ahmed too
0: yeah no this was also one of my favorites of the batch and I think for a lot of the same reasons that you already brought up it it is great to see a really good movie that is also made with such like such care as you said and also such consideration for how inaccessible the everyday world is yeah and it kind of flips it on its head for you as um like an able-bodied viewer especially because there are there are so many times when Riz Ahmed is like first losing his hearing when like Ruben is first losing his hearing and like no one is being very accessible for him. Yeah. And that's something that, you know, the able bodied viewer isn't going to know. But like that is something that people who are deaf and hard of hearing are going to face constantly.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so it is good to portray things like that and like you said how um there aren't always subtitles for the sign language i thought it was fantastic that they didn't give you subtitles until ruben had learned sign language yeah. um like that was just a fantastic idea a because it it really puts you in like ruben's perspective um and b you aren't always going to get subtitles, you know? Like, there are still a lot of things out there that, like, don't have closed captioning. So there's a lot of material that, like, people who are deaf and hard of hearing just can't fully consumed because people are like adamant against closed captioning so yeah
1: like the people who complain about when people put subtitles on to watch shit just like regular everyday shit what is
0: that exactly exactly (laughs) so just to have a movie like that and then have it be as stunning and well edited as it is and then have it also it didn't get a lot of nominations in the Golden Globes which I was super bummed out about yeah um, especially since music is there but like we can talk about that in a second um, but the Oscar noms just came out and it got a lot of nominations as it deserved one of which being Best Picture and I feel like that is so important to have yeah. I am so happy about that it makes me so mad that the Hollywood Foreign Press only gave The Sound of Metal like a knob for Best Actor And they gave music, which is literally harmful to just about every single demographic that is included in that movie, a nomination for Best Actress and Best Motion Picture. And I like, I don't care. I don't care if there weren't enough nominees in that category for you to like hit your five, you know, like, I don't care if there weren't enough musicals or comedies this year for you to actually like try and nominate giving a movie like music that platform is just unacceptable it is completely unacceptable
1: yeah i just agree with you like a platform like that is really dangerous um and, you know, I am not I am not autistic, so, like, I cannot speak for autistic people. But just from the videos that I've watched, the articles that I've read, like, y- you should know that this is not okay. Sia should have known that this was not okay. I mean, she shouldn't have made the movie to begin with. Like, uh-huh. I don't—I feel— It just, I feel a weird way about people who decide to write about identities that they do not hold. Um, Yeah. And, you know, sometimes, depending on what it is, like, it's fine. But when it is, like, I don't know, someone's everyday lived experience that they were just born with and you don't understand, but you're, like, fascinated, don't make a movie. Yeah. Talk to people. You're curious about autism? Go talk to autistic people. And don't talk to them like they're a science project. (laughs) It's... I don't... Like, she's just like, I did so much research. And it's like, oh, congrats. You're still an awful... Like, you did a shitty thing.
0: Yeah, I I don't know... I don't know why she decided to put so much effort into a movie like that. And, like, I say that... (laughs) I immediately, I immediately think back to again any of the, the the reviews that I watched of this movie, and it's it was it was made just to make her feel good about herself as the ally that she thinks she is, oh which is completely horrific. Yeah. Um, it's it's completely horrific. A that she's gonna spend so much money and effort to like chase clout (laughs) and like not even like chase it but like provide clout for herself um and then she's going to proceed to submit it to the hollywood foreign press and the hollywood foreign press is gonna vote and put it in the golden globes (laughs) It's just it's astonishing. Especially when you have like material like the sound of metal right there that is like so it's done with such care. Yeah. (laughs) And it like it is so conscious about the way it handles its material.
1: Yeah. And they hired actual deaf people, deaf and hard of hearing people and not a neurotypical person to play someone with
0: autism, see ya. Which this is this is not shaming Maddie Ziegler. Not, anyway, not shaming Maddie at all. This is Sia. This <laughs> because is Sia's Maddie problem. Ziegler was
1: a minor. And if you have a problem with her taking this role in this movie, you know, like be mad at the adults. She yeah. had very little control of that. And if you actually like look into it, she was not happy or comfortable with this at all. So she was forced to do this.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: which is a whole other thing because why is sia being allowed to interact with children
0: yeah especially at this point this that needs to be nixed like <laughs> the whole elastic heart thing was weird enough yeah and we just ignored it yeah that should have been the red flag we should not be surprised that like this movie has come out you know like we we already knew that sia was a little off it with elastic heart oh
1: and it's like Kate Hudson, like you took this job, girl. You are an actual adult,
0: and Leslie Odom Jr., which I don't know how he got stuck in this this movie that literally compiled every every off-the-wall stereotype about Africa into one vague character, and then she put Leslie Odom Jr. in there, and then he agreed, oh. <laughs> like i don't I don't know, I don't know, what, what the hell. I, I don't know. Like, Leslie, if you're trapped, like let us know. <laughs> yeah. Do you need to get out? Yeah, blink once f- once for yes, twice for no. Like, I please. have my camera ready. I will take <laughs> a picture. <laughs>
1: <Like>. <laughs> Come on. Call me. Let's oh go. Oh my god. God. Yeah. Um to switch gears a little. Um, um, another movie that I think was done well and with care, um, is Nomadland, (sighs) which won a few awards that it was nominated for, Best Motion Picture and Best Director, which I feel like were both very
0: well-deserved. It was Um, so well-deserved. It's a very, very good movie. It's, it's stunning. I, you've already heard a little bit of this, but I've got a lot of thoughts about, um, the best director category in and of itself Mm -hmm. because it it tends to be a category that's just given to the best movie like it's it's usually considered like a second best motion picture because usually the movies in both categories are pretty close to the same which I think is completely ridiculous because there are so many times where a director can be awful and the finished product is really good Mm -hmm. like being a good director or having a fantastic final product does not mean that you were a fantastic director however Chloe Zhao is literally unlike anyone I have ever seen in my entire life like Nomad Land just has this like simplicity to it that it 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 doesn't it like it's a very simple movie, but it is easily like the best and most effective movie I've probably seen in years, <laughs> yeah,
1: and it like is a perfect example of a movie does not have to be two hours to be a good movie. <laughs> Cause it's like an hour and twenty minutes,
0: mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm.
1: and it is so God. I've, I'm sounding so pretentious. It's so effective.
0: Um, but it's- <laughs> we're a couple of film bros today. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, you know our our non-existent film degrees. Um, <laughs> it like yeah, but it, it really is because it's like I don't know from the moment it starts, like it does. It does what a lot of movies try to do where it like gives you the circumstances at the beginning like okay shit's really dire here we go we're dumping you in in media res like get ready and with this one I don't know like it it didn't feel like I was catching up to figure out like what the hell was going on. Like we were at the point in Fern's life where she was right then and when the movie ended We were not going to know where the hell Fern was going next, but Fern was going to take care of Fern. Um, Mm -hmm. And that was like, that was like the undercurrent of the movie. But in the meantime, like you got to see this incredible community of people, which I love. Jackie told me they're all real people, like not actors at all. I I think that is incredible. I love when movies do that um, because the stories that you hear are those people's actual stories. It is not some writer just like thinking about, oh, well, what do I think someone who gave up everything to travel and, you know, just be a nomad for the rest of their life? What would they say? and I love that
0: yeah and like because of that I think that's like that's why the movie is so good because they they convey such like an authentic emotion because it's emotions that like they have experienced and it is their life and like granted actors like the whole point of being an actor is like you're not supposed to create emotion you are supposed to feel what you're going through but like it's it's different if you hire people who have like lived that way for an extended amount of their time and they're literally just coming in front of the camera in a setting which like i the the details were a little foggy when i looked this up but it like i think they felt like it was a documentary because they were all convinced that francis mcdormand was fern so just stylistically it it's just, it's incredible. I really don't have any other words. Like, yeah. there is no other movie out there that's anywhere near li- anywhere near <laughs> this, you know? Yeah, I agree.
1: It's beautiful. Watch it. Shh, please. San Hulu. Go watch it. With a box of Kleenex. Like, goddamn. <laughs> yeah. I literally cried the whole time, but it was so good. <laughs> oh, God, that's a great segue. Um, speaking of movies that make you cry, um, <laughs> the only animated movie on our list is Over <laughs> the Moon which was nominated for best animated picture and it didn't win which i'm like okay but seoul won right yeah so okay never mind the black people won so i'm not a mad <laughs> no it's disrespect okay. to the east asian community I- <laughs> <laughs> sorry um because this movie was great i really i my point this movie made me cry like ball, like a baby mm-hmm. <laughs> um, like tears streaming
0: down my face uh. it was so good it it was produced by the same person that did like tarzan and all like the fantastic disney classics but it was not like a disney project and you could tell because it just it felt so authentic and it yeah. felt so beautiful. And like, I have never, I have probably never gotten as emotional from a Disney movie as I did from this movie. Like the whole, the whole last 30 minutes, give or take, where they're like directly discussing depression and loss. Like <sighs> it, oh my God, it hits you like a freight train, but it is so it's not done in like a cheesy way. It's literally done in a very genuine way, and I think that is oh, it's so good. It's so good. Not to mention it, all of the music num- musical numbers felt like like all the musical numbers on the moon felt like Eurovision entries, and I thought that was fantastic. Like that's what I need. I need four costume changes and one number. Yes, like Changos, just like oh, welcome <laughs> to Lunaria song. God. <laughs> Fantastic! incredible. Philippa Sue was so good. (laughs) See, this is the stuff that we need to see Philippa Sue in, you know? Yeah, fuck Hamilton. Yeah, Hamilton, which, that's that's another can of worms. But like, Mm -hmm. that did not convey her range as well as this did. And I will die on that hill.
1: I agree. And it's just, yeah, I don't know. Like, not to get too, like, depressing. But, you know, if you've ever lost someone whether it's like a parent or a sibling or a friend even grandparent relative whatever if you've lost someone it's it's a really it's a really good movie to watch because i think that it like it handles loss and acceptance in a really really beautiful way that mm-hmm. is understandable and delicate enough for anybody of all ages i think and that's like the important part because it's a good portion of this movie is like how to teach children how to grieve oh Um, absolutely because that's not something you expect to learn as a child so people Mm -hmm. don't teach their kids because you know nobody really yeah like if you if you lose someone as a kid you expect it to be like a grandparent somebody old um so it teaches you how to deal with like unexpected loss and monumental losses like losing your mom which feifei does um Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. yeah it's it was really great i i was really angry that i was crying so much
0: (laughs) it's also really funny like i was not expecting it to be that funny. funny it is so funny and it is so beautiful too like i I will not shut up about how beautiful the crane was at the end, like when it flew in and then it oh yeah, it looked at Feifei Fei and then it left. Like I, <sighs> unlike any animation I have ever seen, it was so beautiful. My yeah. whole family is like tired of me talking about it because I <laughs> won't shut up because it's so stunning.
1: No, the animation was great. I agree with you. Oh gosh, Just... we got one more <laughs> on our Ooh, list. Um, all right. Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Um oh wait no we have two shit um yeah we have two shit we've Let's got Rainey and Judas um which is great we because we kind of wanted to talk about them in tandem a little anyway yeah um but um uh, chadwick boseman won his well-deserved
0: best actor rest in peace he was fantastic oh that was stunning i had like that was ooh, that performance was fantastic like i always know that chadwick boseman was gonna bring it but that seeing him in that role was (laughs) life-changing
1: yeah i agree And I, you know, I have my own thoughts about August Wilson, which I will not get into on this podcast (laughs) because we'll be here all day. Um, but this is one of my more favorite August Wilson plays out of his canon. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's because it's in Chicago <laughs> or if it's set in the 20s. It's probably a bunch of it. Um, that's one of my favorite time periods in history, just for Black people in general, but also just for art. Um, and I think that this movie is beautiful, like oh, fucking yeah stunning um if you watch anything in this film alone just watch the first five minutes uh for that club scene in georgia oh my god
0: that is how you start a movie oh it was fantastic it was a great cold open i guess if you can even call it a cold open it was just the whole the whole production design of this movie was so beautiful and like the costumes and the makeup were beautiful except for the fat suit that they put in (sighs) viola davis but like we'll put a pin in that um but the god like every every designer for this went ham mm-hmm. they went ham and it was beautiful work that's <laughs> i like I, I can't even say it like any other way like it just it was stunning i could not stop just soaking in the the like the version of twenty chicago that they had created yeah. it was beautiful
1: yeah i would agree and as far as like Bl- book slash play to movie adaptations go. I think that with this one and also with Fences, which I didn't see but Jackie did, mm-hmm. um, it, it was it was it was good. But I think that they sometimes with especially with plays a lot of the times it can end up looking like it's just the play that was then just made into a movie and not a movie um and sometimes i felt that way with this but it wasn't so bad that it was like oh god this is awful because i actually think that it was really well done i just Uh i personally think that some of the tension the dramatic tension works better in a theater.
0: Yeah, cuz you're like trapped with them in that recording studio, you know? Or like in fences, you're like trapped with them in that in that house that they've been in their entire life. Um and like some of those things just don't fully convey over to the screen um but like despite that i think the team that they have (laughs) that they used for ma rainy as well as fences they I, i won't say they like really know what they're doing because there are some pieces of it that like don't fully they don't fully feel the same as they would if you went and like saw Um, Any August Wilson in a brick and mortar. But um, I will say that like some of like, uh, I'll say about half of their their work with the monologues is out of this world, like Chadwick Boseman, the first one in particular was life-changing and i know that was (laughs) most of that had to do with chadwick boseman but um Mm -hmm. just the I, i i guess the way that they they filmed him as well during that and how they how they filmed everybody else in the room it i it it definitely made me feel the same way it would have if i had seen it in a theater i feel like is what i'm trying to say and i guess that means that like i I think that August Wilson deserves to be on the stage, I guess is what I'm saying. I don't know. But um, (laughs) (laughs) we should keep
1: doing his plays, even though that it doesn't pain me to say. I just, I think that there are other plays that we can also do alongside (laughs) August Wilson. Not stop doing his work. Just also highlight other playwrights. Okay, I'm done. I had to say it. I had to. (laughs) Yeah,
0: no, I I agree. Especially because since this team has already been Done two of his of his like I don't know, isn't it, is it a six or an eight series? Play series. I can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah. How? However many there are, it it has got me a little worried that they are going to try and do every single one in the ne- in the next decade. Oh, there are ten. Uh, ten. Oh, wow! duh! It's the century cycle. Yeah, it wow. is the century cycle. But yeah, I'm 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 a little worried that they're going to try and do all of them and that they are going to put Viola Davis in, in every single one. <laughs> stop. She's already been in most of them
1: throughout her like actual like stage play career. Please stop yeah, putting yeah. Viola davis in every single just like every movie period but like every august wilson
0: movie yeah like like we know viola davis is a bad bitch like we've all we've all seen it we all know like we don't have to see her play A woman who is not her body type so much so that you're gonna make her gain weight and then put her in like inconsiderately put her in a fat suit that does not work (laughs) a she shouldn't be there and b it looks horrible so bad it looks so bad it should not that that, that should not have happened like maybe like, we should have cast somebody who is shaped like Ma Rainey um
1: like <laughs> yeah I don't know like it's so it's so I don't know so easy to cast an actual fat person instead of putting a skinny Death. person in a fat suit it's so simple there is does is... not do it <laughs>
0: There is no way to like justify not doing that, you know? Like, I don't care if it's Viola Davis. Like, that's not a justification to like (laughs) not cast somebody.
1: Like, and I'm sure that she consented to it. But like, as someone who was put into a fat suit with basically not my consent, like, it's not cool. It's, they're just not cool in general because there are actual people who deserve to play themselves instead of having people just like put on a costume. Dead ass dead ass (laughs) that they can take off like yeah mm, mm. yeah and that is like the biggest flaw of this movie (laughs) really that is that is my biggest pet peeve with this film is Viola Davis in that fat suit because if it was which it was an issue um
0: because I know it was just cast somebody else yeah yeah that's it just cast somebody else (laughs) oh Jesus (laughs) do you want to move over to Judas and the Black Messiah
1: yes (laughs) yes so our last movie on our list,
0: uh, Judas
1: and the Black Messiah, which I did not get a chance to watch, but Jackie did.
0: Um... I did. I did. Um, I thought it was really good. Um they just there were a lot of really good decisions made in the creator's room for this like the choice to make this i guess a biopic if you even want to call it like a biopic it's more of like an ensemble piece which i think was also like the best way to do this um But it's style it just wasn't styled like solely as a biopic. It was it was done almost as a noir thriller, which allowed them to like play up all of the beautiful elements like (laughs) that that come with like 60s movies, I guess is the best way to put it. Um like the opening scene is fantastic this beautiful scene with like lakeith stanfield like walking past a bar in his like big old trench coat and like the humphrey bogart hat and then like you've got your plotting noir music and he's like debating whether or not to go in the bar and like the camera work is it's a single camera shot and it's just flat like it just swings back and forth and it's like so stunning um so it's like little stylistic elements like that make it not only like an enjoyable and like well done biography but like just a really good well-made film period um and i think like that is why it it, i won't say it's my favorite movie of the batch because nomadland was definitely my favorite movie of the batch but judas and the black messiah is absolutely one that i will push for everybody to try and see at some point
1: yeah i'm like i'm really mad that i slept my weekend away and didn't watch it um because i i was talking to jackie about this before we recorded this episode um but i similarly agree i think that it's a movie that everybody should see which i know i'm sounding like a hypocrite by not watching it but um, (laughs) (laughs) i was saying just like as a person who grew up in chicago um and later learned to realize that i like grew up with people who were not directly in the panther party themselves but were affiliated in some way whether they like worked for the free breakfast program or I had an uncle who drew like art for them for like infographics and shit that they handed out so like a lot of us and a lot of our personal and familial history is actually tied up in the Black Panthers and just Fred Hampton's legacy throughout this entire city and a lot of us don't know that um and so I think that this is important while I do understand a lot of people's critical opinions about creating stories that are going to, you know, make millions and profiting off of the stories of people who have been killed or are still incarcerated because of the fight, <laughs> you know, for our literal existence as people. Mm-hmm. Um I understand a lot of people being frustrated, but at the same time I think that yeah, I like I get that and I agree, but I also do think that it, it is so important that this movie is being made and that Fred Hampton's story is being told especially truthfully and not what they'll teach you in school um, in your history class which yeah yeah we talked about it in school and it was very bare bones and the FBI was made to seem a lot less culpable than Mm -hmm. they were when I learned about it initially and that's a problem so
0: yeah yeah and I like you said I think for that reason this is this is a very important movie to have i know that's probably like the fourth time i've said this during this entire entire episode but oh well um um and yeah like i i understand that it's definitely frustrating to have these big names make such a blockbuster movie about this story and then just make a whole bunch of money and then not do anything with it like i i agree that like if they really wanted to you know um handle this material with care i guess is the best way to say it and that's also something i've said like 40 times this episode um, <laughs> <laughs> they would like turn around and um put this money like put the money that they have gotten um towards you know like mutual aid and like other opportunities like that um and like to um y- you know like back into the chicago community i guess is what i'm trying to say but um at the same time like I, I feel a little weird, like, shaming it for its success because unlike, I'm just, I guess unlike the Billie Holiday movie, and unlike movies that do happen to go to awards shows a lot of the time this is not a movie made for awards mm-hmm. this is a movie made for like by people who were actually like involved in yeah. these events and made for the black community and I think that's why it's important that it's not like just a ye old biopic that it's actually like a film
1: yeah the fact that his family fun. worked on this I think is important Mm
0: -hmm.
1: oh absolutely there have been like I want to say like three Fred Hampton movies that have been tried to be made (laughs) yeah there's a lot (laughs) um and Uh, everybody was like no 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 um and so the fact that this exists I think yeah I agree with you um people wanted this to be out there because they want the story to be told um especially because although we it it could be happening right now we don't we don't know because it hasn't been publicized but like we are gonna see shit like this again Mm -hmm. um with people that you know we grow up knowing just like I mean, Fred Hampton would be my grandma's age right now. Uh Um, So like yeah to put that in perspective which is not that old um and like mm-hmm. that's that's the point is he was killed very 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 young um and it it really just yeah it shook it shook the city it shook the movement it just yeah yeah <laughs> it's it's yeah it's it's an important important story for us to continue to talk about just as a larger black community in just the scope of the way that we just navigate the world now, like, and pay attention to that shit, and to be wary of police and the feds
0: mm-hmm, as mm-hmm. much as they are
1: glorified in basically everything that we watch.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is why, okay, which is why I'm a little annoyed. I I'm semi annoyed because I know it was a good thing that like Warner Brothers put in so much effort in order for this movie to happen, um, and like bankrolling it, but um. I'm a little annoyed a at the whole Warner Brothers HBO Max situation Ugh. which that is something that will not get covered now because I could talk for 40 days and 40 nights about it. <laughs> um but because because of that because of like Warner Brothers and HBO Max being in evil cahoots with one another. Um this movie was only on hbo max for two weeks yeah give like or take 30 i think it was 31 days i
1: think they 31 said thirty-one days because they it was released on february 12th ah that and, would do it yeah um they took it off on the 14th so yeah like a month and two days
0: yeah which is absolutely bonkers because one <laughs> hbo max it cost an obscene amount of money mm-hmm. um it, if that, it's not already in your cable subscription why would you get it yeah it's it's bad shit that's ooh, it, it <laughs> drives me it drives me off the rails but um to only have a movie on there for 31 days and then after that like force people to go out in the current climate in order to watch it if they want to when they have like the ability to is ridiculous and then on top of that they I don't know if you face this problem but for me they were HBO Max was dead set to play this movie in like movie theater quality so much so that it crashed what I was watching it on several times mm-hmm. so I couldn't I couldn't back out of it and I <laughs> I couldn't hit pause mm-hmm. <laughs> I just had to like restart my ps4 a couple times so it would actually play and then i couldn't do anything with it i just had to sit there and deal with it and i feel like that yeah there's there's no need to give people that ex like a movie theater experience at home especially when people don't have the like don't have the technology to do that and that's right exactly i'm watching shit on my laptop dead ass (laughs) like i'm watching it on an old ps4 that i have like used the hell out of for several years i don't have the ability to watch this with surround sound so i think you should do this in a format that is more appropriate for your viewers but they aren't going to do that and i think that it it, it goes against everything that judas and the black messiah should be about yeah (laughs) but like it's not their fault because i know it's like warner brother's fault for doing this um but i i hate to see them sucked into that
1: yeah it sucks and it sucks because i feel like had this movie not come out in the pandemic at least the way that i know that my city organizes i feel like there would have been so many community viewings oh um, yeah just like for i mean i don't even know like for free or for like a discounted price kind of like what they did with like a lot of the black kids at watch when black panther came out mm-hmm. um where like organi- organizations will buy tickets in bulk and people can go see them um and, and i feel like that that could have happened here and it, it's a shame that um like <laughs> the world is <laughs> where it is right now um you know so that people can't get out into the movie theater which is i'm not saying that like I'm complaining that I can't go to the movies. I'm not. Please do not <laughs> listen to this podcast and be like, oh my God, Ebby like doesn't care about the pandemic because she wants to go to the movies. I don't like going out in public before the pandemic. So like didn't change me at all. So that's my issue is not that I can't go to the theater. It's the fact that shit's just not accessible. Like, uh mm-hmm. huh. And it, it it frustrates me because I I think that there is like so much good art out there that is actually good art. Like a lot of the movies that we decided to watch, as opposed to things that we could have picked from the Golden Globes list. Shh. Um, are things that we felt like had not everything but most had like actual substance and like depth and somebody made this with care and it wasn't just like fulfilling a need to throw something into the void because everybody's fucking creating right now and if you aren't creating then you're you're like a waste of your talent which is not true and it just yeah it's frustrating when shit gets mass-produced like that and i feel like with a lot of award shows a lot of the shit that gets highlighted is stuff that is lauded for being awesome when it's just mediocre like normal people like normal people or emily in paris absolutely, um, which apparently is racist i didn't even know i haven't watched
0: it. <gasps> you know i'm not surprised i don't know why i'm gasping <laughs> um which i mean why are you surprised? France is racist, Europe is racist. Like okay.
1: Hey, um. Um, we, we we got that. The world's racist. Like I, okay. Um you <laughs> know I, I just yeah, i don't know. I feel like with this this specific award cycle, they had a bunch of stuff that was nominated that did not win that deserved the wins. Um and i'm 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 frustrated.
0: Yeah, i i don't <laughs> yeah. I okay. So some deep seated opinions on the golden globes they they have a tendency to like get a severe hard-on for bad movies that mm-hmm. are um created specifically for award season they just like play right into it which i I hate which is why la la land got as far as it did uh. um and because of that they they've got this they being the hollywood foreign press i guess has this Habit of not nominating the things that need to be nominated, so like they 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 slim the pool down. I'm specifically talking about to like the diversity of like specific actors, mm-hmm. etc. That have that have been nominated in this. Like they narrow the pool down as far as they possibly could, and then they give the awards to their diversity picks, which I, I feel like is a weird thing to say because like every every person of color who won an award this year absolutely deserved it because they work their ass off and like the work that they put out was better than probably anything I've ever seen (laughs) um but the fact that people like Michaela Cole didn't even make it into the door was ridiculous there were like a bunch of other tv shows and movies and people that worked on those things that should have been nominated but they picked a very watered down pool so they could basically offer awards to the people that were easy which is something that drives me bonkers (laughs) and it's something that was like kind of of getting fixed with like parasite winning everything in the oscars and then them actually people deciding to like actually give that oscar to moonlight instead of just letting it slide over to la la land so like there are there are moments where this is getting fixed but there are not the golden globes themselves are not getting fixed at all and at all. just
1: like saying oh we're gonna create a diversity team when you get called out (laughs) is not a solution
0: it's not it's not gonna fix anything and it's like not gonna it, it it's just not gonna fix anything when you pick material that's safe you know, and like uh, what I do like is that like a lot of the movies that like especially we decided to watch were not safe. And I think yeah. that's why we decided to watch those as opposed to the others, Um, and which is also why when I look at it, there aren't like <laughs> I made a list of like all of the all of the, the the nominations and the wins that these movies got just in our notes. And there are not a lot of wins. There are definitely a lot more noms than wins. And I don't know. I just think it's funny how. All right. Um. <laughs>
1: So we, I don't know, we can't really do Michelin stars for like every single film because that would take forever. Mm -hmm. Um, So we decided (laughs) we would rate like the nomination pool itself and then uh, the Golden Globes. So two Michelin star ratings (laughs) for this episode. Um, The first one, uh, we've given the nomination pool a mini drum roll, please. (laughs) um a one uh because there are some actual good things amidst a lot of the white bullshit
0: yeah yeah and like we said the the ones that we have picked are pretty much <laughs> like <laughs> those that's were the it. really good ones those are the good yeah ones. <laughs> um sorry about it uh just there's 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 no consistency in nomination pools And I I don't know if that's the point or what, but it's uh, fix it.
1: Yeah, agreed. Um, Which is why you get a zero overall Golden Globes
0: yeah like like what the hell like we shouldn't okay we shouldn't have had the golden globes here anyways <laughs> i don't know if you watched it but they were completely ridiculous to watch they didn't even put teen, uh tina fey and um amy polder in the same room um oh they were pretty much over a zoom call as well it was it was ridiculous but for for that and then for pretty much everything else that the hollywood foreign press tends to do in this situation they yeah. don't get any michelin stars
1: at all sorry about it not but- sorry y'all should watch the films that we talked about um except for music don't watch that bullshit don't
0: give sia any money do not if you really gotta know you can find you can find people who actually are autistic talking about how harmful this movie is on youtube and that is definitely those are definitely the people you should be supporting as opposed to sia
1: yeah watch everything except for normal people you don't gotta watch that
0: Yeah, don't watch normal people. And if you are going to watch normal people, all I can say is please, please Google some of the material warnings before you go in there so you aren't blindsided by all the horrible content. Anyways, that is a different can of worms. But yeah, Yeah. TLDR, thank you for going through this, this journey with us as we try something new and cover a whole bunch of material in a little teeny tiny amount of time
1: thanks for listening if you enjoyed listening subscribe to the podcast wherever it is that you are listening and follow us on our socials at the watchlist bu1 on twitter and instagram If you have thoughts on this episode that you'd like to share, or if you hated everything we said, drop us a voice message on our website. On our next episode, we'll be covering I'm Thinking of Ending Things, which is available to watch on Netflix. Happy watching, and don't forget to do the reading. Yes, you have reading for next week, so do the reading. Bye.